This is the fear of science. Welcome back, everyone, to The Fear of Science, the show that dives into the wide world of science and science-adjacent topics to demystify, debunk, and delight. Each show features a new science fear with special guests and more surprises along the way. I'm Daniel Chai. And I'm Jeff Porter. And today we are here at the beautiful Vancouver Public Library in beautiful Vancouver, B.C. to talk about a subject that is near and dear to my heart. Kink! <laughs> Now, uh, uh, Jeff, uh, uh, b before we meet our special guest, I'm curious, uh, what inspired you to, to look into this subject for Fear of Science? Um, I think the, the main reason I wanted to talk about it is that um, I feel like there's a lot of kink shaming that goes on, and I think it's, it's like when we did the uh, Fear of Sexuality episode, or even the Fear of Masculinity. It's, it's things that I think we need to talk about, and we need to get out in the open, right. and I think having that conversation is very important. Absolutely, and I'm very glad that we are joined by two special guests to help us with that conversation and to help educate and entertain us as well. Uh, those who are here at the Inspiration Lab, please introduce yourself to our listening audience. Uh, hi everybody, my name is Claire Pollock. And, uh, and Claire, uh, you are a comedian and, and actor here in Vancouver. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. Uh, what, what shows do you perform with around town? Um, so I'm a main stage member with the Vancouver Theatre Sports League, and then I produce my own show uh, called The Dirty Betty Show. Ah, which is a very fun and sexy time. Yes. Thank you. And over here. Uh, I'm Sarah Blaze. I'm president of Metro Vancouver Kink Society, which is a not-for-profit society in Vancouver that puts on educational events and parties. Nice. Man, I am hanging out in the wrong society. <laughs> um, but welcome to both of you. Thank you. Yeah, um, so with every episode, we start off uh, with the question, why do people fear the subject? So why do we think people fear kink? I think because it's scary. Yeah? I mean, you think about the kinds of things that you see portrayed in movies or books, and they're extreme and they're often considered something that's taboo. Yeah, like the totally accurate uh, Fifty Shades of Grey, right? Absolutely <laughs> <accurate>. <laughs> Oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah, uh, I... I can I can see with that I think it's the it's the taboo it's the fear of it's the fear almost of like being uh, like uh, like exposure mm -hmm. like exposing yourself it's like vulnerability mm. and fear of being judged yeah. so, so many of these fears are yeah. are fears of being judged uh, I think well. a lot of the episodes end up being fear of people being shitty <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes um so uh, with with the Vancouver Metro or with the Metro Vancouver King Society um, how what do you do to uh, to help people work past that or, or work through that? A majority of what we do is education-based, so we talk a lot about consent and negotiations and we talk to people about how to be kinky, but we also teach a lot of classes on skills and stuff like that. And so I think when you enter a community like uh, the Vancouver kink community, you find people who are like you, and so the acceptance, I think, is the biggest part that stops uh, that shame and that feeling of... Um, otherness essentially because you find people that are like you huh. mm, right realizing that we are not alone exactly yeah yeah, yeah. actually I've, i kind of have this theory that i think that a large amount of people like we're looking for a tribe that's that's a large amount of what um 
the yeah when people people need in life so you're i think it's great to be able to have that that kink group that you can identify with um is it taboo to ask someone if they're kinky and how do you <laughs> that's so one of my questions was um when i when i was doing online dating before before i met my fiance um that I, I dated some women that were into kink. Uh, but it's always that awkward conversation of when you're dating someone for a while and find out they're into some seriously kinky stuff. Um, how do you how do you have that conversation? Well, I avoid that conversation by dating in the kink community. Mm, ah, <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, because I don't want to have that conversation with people. Right. Uh, it's, it, 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 what your first question was, can you ask people? depends on the situation like mm. if you're at work it's probably not a good idea to ask somebody if they like getting tied up on the head. bus next to a stranger <laughs> also bad right. yes. oh. talking to people on the bus is always a good idea <laughs> <laughs> I think that's so interesting though because I know I am a serial online dater and I get asked if I'm into freaky stuff all the time before I've even met up with them especially men who are into being dominant mm. they ask you probably within the first three messages because they're like are you going to be into this right. um, especially if you're online dating and you're just looking for sex then you're like I need a partner who is going to be able to do this with me right but right. it's interesting and honestly I'm like sex is never a guarantee so I'm like please don't ask me that before I've met you because yeah. it's probably going to be a hard no like right right it's mm. rude it's yeah. super yeah, rude yeah, yeah. yeah. they have to ask them See, now, I wonder if people who are submissive would also ask, but ask because in a submissive way. <laughs> I think I think the rule of thumb, though, is that you are a person first and you're kinky second. Right. Asking me about my kinks or about what I do is part of my sex life. Yeah. Like you're asking yeah. about my sex life, and you don't... I mean, vanilla, and please use, I'm using that colloquially, mm-hmm. but vanilla people don't talk about their sex life first. Yeah. They get to know right. each other first, and then they discuss whether or not they want to get in, in, they want to engage in sexual activity. So asking me first about my kinks is kind of cart before the horse. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that's partly where, where some of the fear comes in as well, where, um, where people don't feel comfortable or don't know what to do, and, and they don't know how to address the subject. Um, where, yeah, exactly like you said, like, I wouldn't ask somebody, I wouldn't wouldn't talk with Daniel about his sex life. That would be a strange thing. We're not on that level. Yeah. <laughs> Yet. Yet. Uh, <laughs> wait until episode 34. Uh, <laughs> only 17 to go. <laughs> yeah. um, now, uh, uh, so, Claire, so you run um, your, your show, The Dirty Betty Show, mm-hmm. uh, which is a mixture of comedy and, and drag. And uh, I've been many times, and it's always a very fun show. Um, but it's also very uh, sex positive show and very sexy time and your interaction with the crowd is very um, it's very playful and sex positive um, do you uh, what what inspired you to create that show and to create a create a show and environment that's that brings together different artistic types but also some people who are perhaps say on the the uh, you know um, more expressive types of arts you know in a way yeah um well I started the show. Uh, oh, 
oh wow a year and a half ago which is cool yeah Yay. congrats um and i start the show because my stand-up comedy has always been very sexual because i was going on so many bad dates that i was like this is comedy is writing itself like <laughs> of course i'm going to do this and then i just noticed that it was really like shamed for women in the comedy community right. i was doing a set once and the set went well but afterwards a male comic came on and started like trying to defend me but it came across as slut shaming and i was like this right. isn't what i want so <laughs> oh. i was wanted to give like the females of the community a voice to be able to be sexual to talk about their experiences to the audience and to not be shamed for it awesome yeah, yeah. I, you know again like back to the thing about like yeah being being shamed and yeah. even inadvertently i think uh you know maybe we as you know as a society need to start figuring out how to talk with people about these kinds of things yeah and i think when we're talking kink as well it's quite easy for people to to kink shame uh and i want to to point out this is a a totally kink free or kink shame free <laughs> zone kink free shame zone no that's not right free kinks <laughs> but but there are a lot of of what people would consider weird kinks if you're not into them. Yeah, uh, like, uh, you know, I'm I'm fairly, you know, for the purposes of a public-facing podcast, <laughs> oh, I'm very vanilla. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But for those who, for those who may not know, uh, what, what types of kinks are there? Are there different levels of kinks? Are there more, um, you know, uh, are there more acceptable kinks and is there such a thing as unacceptable kink i don't know there's a lot of questions <laughs> yes yes and yes okay right. um, i i would like to say that everybody's kinky mm -hmm. um if you if you've ever tied somebody up or used a blindfold that's a kink that that's a kinky activity right. and, ah. and so you know like break it down to the very basic and everybody's engaged in some kind of kink unless they're doing sex in the dark with the lights off but that's in the dark right. Ah, <laughs> see, with the lights right. on when there you yeah. go. <laughs> um, and there are definitely some kinks that are less um, common and less acceptable like talking about bestiality for example would be problematic um, right. some people are into it I don't think they should participate in it even if they are into it they shouldn't mm. participate in it right but that's my personal opinion right, right. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a uh, for you know, and and here in Vancouver, uh, there are, uh, are there are a number of, of like kink nights that people could you know um, Sin City, mm -hmm. and um, different kinds of events like that where yeah. people can go, right? Yeah, mm. almost every Saturday there's an event. Oh wow! On. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, when I was doing my uh, my research, um, which I had to make sure I wasn't using my work computer when I was doing my research, <laughs> my, I didn't get very far in my research. Incognito, I got incognito, yeah. Right, right. Um, but yeah, I I started uh, uh, looking into the different uh, types of kink. Um, the one that I found kind of interesting is, uh, and correct me if I use any terms incorrectly here. Um, was edge play um so so this is more of the uh involves pain uh usually to an extent or actually fear in a way mm -hmm. um and uh so we're talking like breast play or choking um knife play uh piercing uh blood play which i'm not even sure what that is <laughs> uh fire play uh gun play and consensual non-consent um, so is that 
in the kink community, is that a pretty normal thing for people to be into, or is that kind of still an extreme thing? In All the of those are pretty normal. Are they really? And it's uh, edge play isn't defined so much as as what's dangerous. It's that it has an inherent danger attached to it. Okay. So we mitigate the da- the de- the danger um, mm. by, with safety protocols, right. but they're inherently dangerous activities. But they don't always involve pain. Like knife play, it can be about fear, about fear of being cut. But you right. could be just stroking the skin with a knife oh, and not ever okay. actually break the skin. That's still edge play because it has an inherent risk of damage or hurt right right so in a way kink or fear is a kink yes so our we talk about (laughs) all the time it's an emotion we play with right right kink we play with emotions now as a uh, as a side note that's kind of similar um there's a new netflix show called flinch yeah. Oh, has yeah. people heard about I it? I started watching the first episode and I could not get past like ten minutes of it. Yeah, from is what that with I, the prodom? Uh, there's two. Oh, there's another one too. Oh. I think there's another one. Yeah. Um, for from this one, from what I've gathered, I haven't watched it yet. Maybe. Um, basically, people uh, they they get uh, put into situ. It's like Fear Factor, but they uh, but you can't flinch. Essentially, Whoa. and so, so it's like fear fact, but you can't flinch, and they, uh, they face different things. Like I think there was one of someone with his head in a jar, and I think there was like some kind of spider or no. something around him. Was uh, rats, I think. Oh, was it rat? Yeah. It was rat. Yeah, yeah. And then so, and if they flinch, then they get like electrocuted or that kind of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and so now, what's interesting is that there are people online who, who, um, you know, because Twitter and online people need to say their stuff um they've said that there are a lot of people who have kind of come out against this for kind of almost being like like torture torture porn Mm. Um, but then there's also other people being like cool i i love this show (laughs) so Hmm. if you consent you can do whatever you want to do right yeah yeah Mm -hmm. yeah. as long as it's consensual right yeah i don't agree with it sometimes but (laughs) if it's consensual it's fine Right, right. Yeah. Ah, now, uh, so uh, as well as these ones that have, say, potential, you know, a little bit of uh, the dangerous edge to it, so to speak, there is, of course, the the lighter side, <laughs> uh, role-playing, lifestyle kink, age play, furries, uh, Gorian? Gorian. 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 Gorian, my apologies. I didn't know how to say that either. Uh, and bronies. Uh, first off, what's a Gorian? So there's a set of books. I okay. don't even know what it's right. called. Um, and it's basically, Gurian lifestyle is based on those books. And it's women okay. are property and chattel. And... And they refer to themselves, women refer to themselves as a third person. They can be like spot and sold. Uh, Again, it's all consensual and right, it's all role play. Right. Uh, I mean, when people say role play, though, they kind of like say that it's something you engage in and then you step out of. Right. Role can play can be also be something you do all the time. Oh, it can sure. be your your identity. Right. Um, you can play in those roles, but they're always consensual. There's, you can always change your mind. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. There's ones. Uh, you know, I, there's a a kink that I've I've seen uh, where it's it's a person who who becomes a dog. Or and becomes a yeah. and is led around on a on a leash and a collar and actually walks on all four. It's puppy play. Puppy play, right, puppy right. Play. Yeah. I went to a conference uh, earlier this year and they had 
puppy contests you had to like the races and stuff like that <laughs> Yeah. It was so endearing. Absolutely. <laughs> to watch. Right. It, yeah, it was right. it was definitely endearing. And my uh, submissive partner has those traits too, so right. we play with puppy stuff. Oh, and nice. So occasionally we do fetch and right. things like that. So it's cute and right. fun and light. And I say this completely, completely serious, mildly tongue-in-cheek, but uh, at a convention like that, would you have like like a puppy cuddle zone? Where they did. Just they a- had a whole room. They had a track. Yeah. And they also had uh, uh, ponies there, so they were doing pony races. Right. It was pretty cute. Yeah, Jeff. Why are we not going to these conventions? Uh, Yeah, it sounds so exciting. Yeah, I I role play every Sunday. I play D and D every single Sunday. (laughs) Now, uh, out of curiosity, Jeff, uh, in your your D and D sessions, um, in D and D, do people ever have like do ever people ever role play sexual encounters with their characters? Yeah. I not my game. Mm-hmm. Um, my DM uh, is not a fan of, of making things too violent or sexual. Right. Um, where our characters will get drunk, and actually, a character ha- did have sex the other day, but it was very like you know door closes, fade to black type scenario. Uh, there was no detail in it at all. <laughs> right. Oh. So, um, and uh, fifteen, I managed to get my belt off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I do know people that that will will get into that kind of role playing part of the the story for sure. Now, uh, a broad general question. Uh, you know, we're we're. I love this conversation about like, you know, some of the modern uh, things, and we're very modern people, and we're lucky to be, you know, to know people that we have these conversations with. But where did the concept of kink come about, and uh, when? At at one point, did did you know certain sexual natures and certain sexual activities become uh, not and not so allowed? It's a big question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it has a long history. Like King King. So I'm like Puritan? Puritan? Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, talk about torture chambers that I mean, we we now turn that into kink. Right, right. Um and then there was what is it the there's the what's the there's the thing with all the nails and you get oh, impaled? Yeah. Uh what is that called? I have no idea. Nail wall. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's like a Oh, it's an Iron Maiden. Iron Maiden. Yeah, 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 right. Maybe that's someone's king. Yeah. Probably, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. We have seen uh, nail beds at dungeons. Okay, there oh, really? Right. Right. Same kind of concept because right. if you spread it out then you yeah. don't get hurt, right? Yeah. Absolutely, right, right. Yeah. And whips and chains, right? You know, used to be whips yeah. and chains were meant to hold people in dungeons, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, dungeons is a very old concept. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know. You have like one prisoner and they're like, no, I'm really into this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we see that meme with the one guy like up on the wall being chained and he's got an erection. <laughs> so it's like shorts are out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, I don't think this is working for you. <laughs> but it, yeah, it makes me, me wonder as well because um, if you're looking at like during, uh, uh, oh, I was about to say Greek times, but Greek. Greece is a country. It's yeah. always Greek time. Yeah. <laughs> um, ancient but Greek time? Ancient Greek. Ancient there's what I'm looking go. for. Welcome. Um, <laughs> sexuality was a lot more open. Um, hmm. So I wonder at what time did, did kink kind of come about to become more behind closed doors rather than out in the open? Organized religion. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because organized religion controls people through shame. Yeah. Right. And then shame is part of your sexuality. And if they can control your sexuality, they control the people. Right. Yeah. Uh, What did we learn from Game of Thrones in that, you know, shame? Shame. (laughs) Shame. Yeah. (laughs) 
uh, which is my, that's just, you know, if there's one thing that stays it around in uh, the world after Game of Thrones is done, just that part, just because it's so, so bizarre. Uh, I think for, <laughs> you know, it's weird because, like, obviously it would be absolutely traumatic to be shame walked through the neighborhood. But it's also fascinating. Like, like it was, you know, watching that episode, you can't ha- not watch that part and be like, wow, what? Yeah. And maybe that's, is that my kink? I like to see other people getting punished. <laughs> you like to see Cersei getting punished. There we go. Yeah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very specific kink. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> very specific. It's like, I'm sorry, this just isn't working. How come? It's just, ah, you look. Just, you're not her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, I think as well, um, when I was doing some some research on it as well, um, one of the questions I had was, does society rep, um, repress kink, um, which was what we were just talking about. Um, but uh, one thing that I found was saying that kink is very important um, because it's, it's creating your identity it's developing your identity um and it can lead and if you suppress that it can lead to a lot of anxiety and depression yeah um so it's it's being yourself and and it's just like um fear of sexuality mm-hmm. um it's it's locking that away and not allowing yourself to be yourself which is is not good right uh for for people who come to uh the uh to the Van- metro vancouver kink society yeah. um do you what type of people come to the events or, or reach out? Do you find that you have people who are like, I have no idea where else to find this info? or Yep, all the way from there to people who are very experienced. We get all kinds of people. And I, I, we kind of also have um, crossover with like poly communities mm. and queer communities and trans communities. Like they're all kind of intersex intersect in kink um but we have a ton of brand new people like 50 shades of gray brought in right hundreds of people <laughs> who would who really needed to be re-educated but yeah, they right. but they it was a phenomenon because people were like oh my god this is a thing mm-hmm. and it wasn't it wasn't so much that that they didn't know it's that they didn't know that other people knew right right, right. because you, you think you're kinky and you just want to hold on to that because nobody else could possibly be into that and so 50 shades of gray opened it up for everybody where everybody's like wait this is a thing like this is a common thing well yeah because i remember um after in the in the heyday of mm-hmm. 50 shades of gray there were like official 50 shades of gray uh play play boxes and play packages where you know uh official uh, fuzzy handcuffs and tiny whip <laughs> you know it's just like well and they were doing, yeah, they were talking about it on the radio when i when i first heard about it and they're talking about like doing um uh, 50 shades of gray parties so they had cupcakes that had handcuffs and stuff like that on top and i'm and i'm thinking well, i've been <laughs> I've been doing this for like my whole life and now all of a sudden they're talking about on the radio. It was very right. weird. Yeah. From as on that end it was really weird to have it come at you that way. So did Fifty Shades of Grey help the kink community or because it's not accurate, right? It's funny? not? No. It's it's not. I, I have accurate. to go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all the research you did. <laughs> if for no other reason than the, the story arc basically at the end he's cured. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that right there is problematic, right? Um, you can't be. No, you can't be. Spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sorry. <laughs> um, but what was I forget what the question was? 
Um, did it help the King community or did it, uh, was it a negative thing for it, it? It had two effects. One was it uh, it limited our ability to protect ourselves with secrecy mm-hmm. um, because we, everything was kind of under the radar and we vetted people more carefully mm-hmm. and this made it so public that anybody could access it. And then on the other hand, it also brought in dozens and dozens of people who otherwise wouldn't have figured out they, there was a community to go to in the first place. Right. So it has right. a double-edged effect, but it, overall it wasn't bad. Yeah. I'll say one thing. It hurt the dating community for sure. Because <laughs> everyone's like, I'm a dumb. I'm Christian Grey. I'm like, no, you're not. And you don't have consent for this. Like, please stop. Right. Yeah. But yeah, it was really interesting how Tinder and Bumble exploded with mm-hmm. people thinking that they're doms when they have no experience. And they really don't know anything <laughs> right. about it aside from a couple of movies. Uh, yeah, it's like, I'm supposed to hit you as hard as I can? Yeah, no, like, no. I'm like, right. I'm like, don't bruise me. You're not the only right. one touching me. Like, yeah. I don't <laughs> No, <laughs> you know. Uh, now, uh, uh, is there has Hollywood? Is there any Hollywood or media out there that perhaps represents kink a little better? Lady Heather on CSI was pretty good. Oh yes! Oh, I love that character. Yeah, right? she was pretty accurate. Yeah. Um, and her interaction with Gil Grissom. Yeah. Why does yeah. my brain remember this? Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Yes. Did anybody uh-huh. watch Bonding? Do you guys know that oh. show? On no, that's the new, new show on Netflix, Netflix yeah. right? Oh. I'm not like a huge kink expert, but watching that, I was like, this is really interesting because the woman, I think she's studying to be a psychologist, so it goes more in depth into to why people are the way they are and like how to, to help people through their kinks. Oh, interesting. Please view that show as a comedy and not as an actual representation. Oh, yeah, right. no. <laughs> yeah. No, but seriously, like what our community is angry about that show. Oh, okay. Okay. Good yeah. Um, oh, and and um, for some reasons, actually, are really valid because they're talking about uh, like they're shadow banning sex workers on Twitter, right? Like you can't. Oh um, yeah, right? no, no. But yeah. this character of this show has her own Twitter handle that's verified. Oh really? But she's portraying a sex worker. Like her character is a sex worker. So why does she have this platform when they're actually causing harm to? Like real live sex workers, hmm. like, oh. that, that's a, that's an interesting problem, right? right? And shouldn't shouldn't be happening. And some Absolutely of the not. stuff in there is problematic. Like in right. the show, is it, the information is problematic. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I was actually going to watch that show um, for research for this this episode, and. Uh, just because I was lazy and I was like, yeah. I just watch a show instead it's of cute researching. And I love it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I do. It's yeah. cute and I love it. Um, it's not representational of what we do because there's like the consent of problem. There's problematic with consent. I mean, right. at one point in the show, he, she, she's not paying attention and he flips off the table and is like choking himself on the thing that was on his neck. Like that doesn't happen, right? right? It just doesn't, it doesn't happen. And if it does, you're really mad at your job. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, now, uh, uh, how about the, you know, for, for me, one of the movies that I remember watching, because um, uh, it happened to be on TV and I was walking by at uh-huh. the time, <laughs> uh, was, was Secretary? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I have no uh, with, idea what secretary with is. James James Spader yeah. and Maggie Gyllenhaal. Yeah, I love Maggie. I, yeah. That's a pretty good movie. Yeah, I quite, I quite oh, enjoy that. Oh, movie. good. Yeah. Um, now, because uh, so I rem- uh, so the. Uh, what's the elevator pitch? What's the synopsis of, of Secretary? It's, it's um, basically it's a it's a relationship between a secretary and her boss, which right away is a red flag for all the HR people listening. <laughs> um, but uh, her large but, HR community. Yeah, but but it the movie and it's been so long since I've seen it. Um, but it's it's essentially they engage in kind of like a back and forth. Uh, 
dom-sub relationship. Yes. Right? And they're sort of romancing each other with it. Right. There, I mean, again, there's problems with that movie. There's, oh, there's problems right. with all the movies. But <laughs> the major undercut of that one is that she's a cutter, and he cures oh. her of cutting. Right. So, right, like, so that right there is right. a problem in, in, right. in, the, in the dialogue, because that means that kingsters are broken, and they're not broken coming into kink. Right. Just, we right. all have our own things. Just because somebody's a cutter doesn't mean that that's why they're kinky. Right. Yeah, right? yeah. They're not, they're not correlations. Um, so that was the only problem with oh, one right, of the major right. problems with that movie. But it is a cute movie, and it's much better than some other ones. Oh, good. Now... The last one that I remember, uh, it was, um, it's uh, it's Crash, but not the Oscar-winning one. It's the Canadian one. I don't uh, know that one. Oh man, uh, it's it's um it's uh oh, what's this? You know um uh it's it's I'm going to research this uh when we go oh. on to the next subject. Oh, isn't that the one about the people who get turned on by being in car crashes? That's the one. Ah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, by by a famous uh, strange Canadian director. Um, but yeah, it's uh it's a movie about people who get into car accidents and then proceed to have sex. With, Either in or nearby the wrecked cars. I I watched. Well, good night, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) I watched that movie thinking it was the Oscar-winning movie. Oh my god! And uh, and I was like, huh. All right. Well, I guess I guess it could win an uh, like it wasn't that amazing. (laughs) Sure. And then uh, finding out years later, I was like, that wasn't the same movie at all. Oh my god. (laughs) Took you years to figure that out. Yeah, That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> there we go. Crash David Cronenberg. There we go. Uh, all right. So the point there is. There we go. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, you know, with with the, but for the most part, you know, um, there aren't that many Hollywood movies or even that many shows that can come to our minds about this stuff. Uh, what can what can we do, uh, you know, as well as having uh, places where people can go and learn about kink? Um, you know, the internet is both a really great resource and scary place for this kind of stuff. Yeah. But but what do you all think that we can or should be doing? Is there anything that we can be doing to, to help uh, this fear of kink be less fearful, less scary? Hmm. I don't know. I think conversation. I think you know Definitely. having yeah. conversation. Yeah. yeah. I think you know you're you are absolutely right um, about finding finding your community. You know, finding your place, which is why again I'm really glad that there are you know uh, your society and shows that are are a little bit more sexy and able to um, go and explore that side of yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, a lot of the the fear I had of kink, the way I got rid of it, is that I actually had a couple ex-girlfriends that were quite into kink. Um, and so, you know, I got to, to experiment a little bit and, and see what it was like and see what I was into and, and what I wasn't into. And, you know, one of them was a little too much into kink for my <laughs> comfort. Um, and that was a large amount of the reason the relationship ended. But, but it allowed me to have that conversation and kind of figure out where my comfort level was. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, you know what? That is so important about, you know, as much as, you know, we, we try and be GGG with everyone, um, I think it's also important to also know, to borrow a phrase from our friends at uh, BCLC, uh, you know, know your limit, play within it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> right? Yep. Right, yeah. yeah. Would you say that it is important to to not, you know, as, as much as we want to take care of our sexual partners, but we also have to take care of ourselves. Yeah. Right? You have to be honest with yourself. Yeah, they're always going to have things that don't match. And right. Always. And that's kind of why we 
like that's why community is good because if something if I can't get a need met with my partner, mm-hmm. I can go to somebody else in the community and potentially mm-hmm. have that need met. And it doesn't have to be sexual; it can just be that particular activity. Right. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> and and for me, like I. Um, I always wonder if, if I was into kink because I, I do enjoy pain. Uh, obviously, I'm I'm totally covered in tattoos. <laughs> I have to love pain right. at least in some way. Right. Um, so uh, I, yeah, to find out that you know I might enjoy getting tattoos done, uh, but sexually I, I do not enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, the, right. You're like, babe, just stick and poke me. <laughs> Having sex while getting a tattoo? Yeah. No, no, yeah. probably. But not. and but don't forget that kink doesn't have to involve pain, right? It's yeah. Like, oh yeah, absolutely. To participate in, in kink. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Lots of people don't like pain. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's um. Uh, now for for resources on learning more about about kinks or learning more about ourselves and kink, what would you recommend? Um. There's Fat Life. Do you guys know what Fat Life is? Mm-hmm. No. Boba Fett fans? Sorry, I have to be done. Yes. Uh, Fat Life is a kinky Facebook. Yes. Essentially. Oh, so yeah. it's an entire social media platform that has over 7 million people on it. Oh, wow. Uh, and it's, that's where most people congregate, and that's why, where community congregates. Awesome. Um, again, the information can be problematic, yes. but there's a right. lot of information on there. Um, in classes, there's tons and tons of education out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I recommend that too. Yeah. And or, there's, there's books, there's so many books. Um, that are good quality books. Or as Claire has found out, Tinder and Bumble. Yeah, Tinder yeah. and Bumble. Yeah, if you want to meet some really problematic yeah. people. Oh. Yeah, yeah. My my partner is on Grinder, so. I... Yeah. Oh. Yeah. yeah. No, it's brutal. Yeah, uh, you know, with, with that, Claire. Um, uh, you know, out of curiosity, uh, you know, do you find that it has it changed over the years? Like, are people more respectful, or is it still is it still a cesspool? <laughs> what is a? Um, I find that the people who are going to be disrespectful are going to be disrespectful respectful very soon into into the conversation so I don't know if it's changed but I've changed so Good. I just know how to weed them out better awesome. um, but when I first signed up I used to gas like within the first three messages again um, if I would peg people like something about my face really looked like I wanted to peg people and I was like right. I was like very fresh out of a relationship and very young and I was like um what's that yeah right yeah right yeah it was really interesting but so have you no, I haven't. Oh. No, not yet. Not yet. You should. It's fun. Yeah, I yeah. think I would like it. But... <laughs> How does your face make you look like you want to peg people? You know, I'm not sure, but I think it's just something like I got a dominant vibe and people were like, oh, like, yeah, oh, she'd want to peg me. I'm like, right. maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Right. Wow. And that's uh, a big fantasy for a lot of men. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot of men. Yeah, That's I where think. the G spot is, right? Yeah. yeah. Mm. It is? Yeah. yeah. I'll be right back. Wow. Oh, another thing I wanted to mention too is that not everything that people think is a kink is necessarily a kink. Um, now, my uh, hobby is cosplay. <laughs> and I get so many times that people think that cosplay is kink uh, or it's it's involved sex in, in any way. And I think it's the same thing, even though 
it's it's more prevalent with furries uh, that it tends to be a sexual thing um, but not every furry is a kink and same with bronies bronies are not necessarily kink either um, so I think it's important to not just lump everyone into that same category and and realize there's just people who enjoy dressing up and going to conventions I think that's a huge mm. thing and not being presumptuous. Um, I'll talk about my Tinder again because it's a mm-hmm. wealth of knowledge for me. <laughs> but on there, like, I have that I'm an actress, so people will ask me to role play frequently. And I'm like, I do that for work. I'm not going to do that for fun. That seems really, really boring to me. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm not dressing up as a maid. I was on set all day or whatever. Um, but yeah, I think it's just like meeting people that you trust and not assuming that someone has a particular kink just because you do. Um, yeah. And probably go on a couple of dates with them before you bring yeah. it up. Like, to be honest, I yeah. think it's, it's pretty... Being res- respectful. For sure. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And at the same time, like, at some point, sooner rather than later, mm-hmm. uh, putting the cards on the table and... Yeah, be mm-hmm. like, this is what yeah. I'm into, or you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and, and for me, like, I'm, uh, I'm child-free by choice, and for getting into relationships, like, that's the number one thing, like, I've done when I was dating before first date put that right on the table mm-hmm. and uh it gets everything out there like it's it's difficult because you have a lot of dates that go pretty crap after that but right. you know it's it's a conversation that needs to be had if that's part of who you are yeah mm-hmm. definitely mm. now uh one thing that we'd like to do towards the end of every episode is we'd like to go on to onto twitter and see and, and search the hashtag of the uh of of the subject of our latest <laughs> episode and see and see what comes up now uh i'm glad you did it this time <laughs> Uh, I, I looked for this via our Fear of Science Twitter, so in theory, hopefully it doesn't lead to ads popping up later. Um, now, there are indeed lots of various, uh, you know, and again, like I, I respect and, uh, and agree that this kind of, you know, mm-hmm. very important. Um, but now, probably now do you want to read it out? The probably. In the middle, I know. <laughs> oh, really? Yes. Oh, of course. <laughs> oh, oh, you know the person in the middle. Oh, good. Oh, good. Ah, now um, this this is one that that popped out popped up though, and it's from uh, Ig uh, Ignixia. Into. Uh, I know that person too. Oh, perfect. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, this is an internationally renowned professional public speaker educator on kink and BDSM. Uh, at Ignixia says, uh, Dear TV writers, you know, we're talking about kink on, on TV and media. Dear TV writers, stop. Oh, hold on. Stop putting collars on everything in your shitty kink scenes. <laughs> Seriously, collars aren't the universal, hey, I'm kinky identification symbol you're trying to make them into. Shoot me a DM if you're like to fix the kink representation issues, right? Yeah, yeah. I agree. You know, like so many of the other conversations that we've had, yeah, you know, like representation totally matters. And, you know, maybe, uh, you know, just like we're talking about it, like hopefully there can be other representations of the kink community that make us realize, oh, we're not alone. I think because we were underground for so long, there is, we do have symbols that like say, I'm, I'm part, I'm one of you. Right. Um, we do have some of those. We, we have all, the whole time, and they change. Um, and right now, for example, in, for queer people, it's shaving one side of your head. Mm. Um, I identify as queer. I have no intention of shaving my head, so I'm like one of these 
underground just because I don't do the right, right. outfit. Same thing with collars. Lots of people wear collars to like try to identify that. It used to be uh, hankies. We still use hanky codes. Um, so in your back pocket, the mm. color of your hanky depends. It indicates oh. the kind of kink that you're into and what side of the what side of your butt you wear it on indicates if you're into doing it or having it done to you. Right. Um, oh. Gay men used to have their keys on their certain side, depending to sh- say if they were dominant or, or submissive. Oh. Right. So there are symbols that we share cool. um, to try to that identify. Is, that is so fascinating. Yeah. 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 Because because before you That's ever culture. talk about this stuff, yeah. right? ever. So I That's wear, history and Because culture. I can't shave my head, I wear a pin that says queer because mm-hmm. um, I'm not worried about me being out, but there could be other people that need some need to stay haven. Mm-hmm. And mm. so I show that I'm part of that community. So in case somebody needs to come to me, we talk about like safety pins for I'll go with you. Like there was those kinds of things. We have lots of ways that we identify who we are in an underground way so we can show support and solidarity. Hmm. Now, I so I had um, my ex's girlfriend um, was posting on Facebook a while ago and posted an article about how straight people are stealing gay style um, and how bad it is for the gay community. Um, And I kind of, I was, one thing I said is that I think having identifiers is problematic in in any sense. Um, Just because you're saying this is ours and you can't have this, which is bad both ways. Um, But yeah, that was part of it is that, you know, uh, if you have your head shaved on one side, you're gay, but now it's a popular style. A lot of women do it who are straight as well. Well, even your earrings, like depending on what side of your, what ear you got pierced, well, you gay or straight. I remember right? when I was in high school and I got my fur ear, my ear pierced. I was so freaked out that I would get the wrong one done. Well, and my son did, and now it doesn't matter because now everybody has like two. But I, yeah. afterwards, I'm like, oh my god, we did the wrong one. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> but growing up in rural Manitoba. I was I was so freaked out yeah. that everyone because everyone thought I was gay already in uh, in uh, real Manitoba. So I was like, this is gonna be like the nail in the coffin. They're never gonna leave me alone. They're never gonna stop bullying me because of this. Um, and yeah, I I had like stress dreams because of it, and yeah. and it was crazy. Right. Um, but walking into that Claire's, you're like, okay. yeah. Yeah. I think I did get it done at a Claire's uh-huh. actually. Yeah. Of course, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. But then after like many years later, I got the other ear pierced and then you know it <laughs> doesn't matter yeah right. then you start stretching them and doesn't really oh, matter yep. <laughs> wow that's like another symbol you find the people with tattoos piercings they're generally speaking probably somewhere on that yeah yeah and and when i did online dating before too um i got that a lot i got a lot of women that i just assumed i was into kink yeah um and you're a geek and we're often quite geeky yeah so that there's also that crossover yeah oh yeah i definitely fall into every category yeah (laughs) (laughs) i was not denied that (laughs) are you looking for more twitter Mm -hmm. (laughs) oh there's so much stuff we actually had a i had an interesting experience when i was trying to find guests for the show um i went to Twitter and I had I had messaged a couple of uh, mistresses on Twitter um, and just direct message and uh, and when we were recording one of the other episodes because Daniel and I both are admins on the account Daniel had this pop up on her on his phone that I got a message from mistress so-and-so yeah. being like the, the oh Twitter. yes I'm not available that I'm not available that day but how about this day and I was like oh no what about <laughs> <laughs> 
Did Jeff um, accidentally use the wrong account? <laughs> <laughs> but I support him and his needs. He did not shame me at no, all. No, not at no. all. I said, good for you. And I was like, yes, anytime is great. Come yeah. on. <laughs> um, wow, you know, uh, uh, this has been a very lovely conversation. Yeah. I, I feel like I feel like this is the kind of thing, you know, uh, that could be like, I feel like this really, this is a great one, you know, for future uh, when we get the chance, like a live one, because I think there would be so many people who would have questions mm-hmm. about, about the subject. Uh, yeah. Yeah, well, hopefully we'll be doing the, uh, the podcast festival mm-hmm. this year. Live demos. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We do well, we do demos at te- uh, yeah. Taboo every year. Um, right. Oh, great. Because we oh, run taboo, a dungeon right. at Taboo, Not Even Nice Sex Show. Oh, we run cool. a dungeon there as well. Right. Yeah, and my uh, my partner is uh, amazing with whips, like single tail right. whips. So he tends to spend an entire weekend whipping people, and right. I flog oh. people all weekend. Right. Oh. <laughs> so, good times. Right. <laughs> oh. Yeah, like, uh, like there's a part, you know, uh, what if we did an, a live episode where, where we were being whipped the whole time, oh. but we had to do the episode as as normally as possible. Wow. Like that show Flinch. Oh, like, yeah, podcast. right, yeah. <laughs> I like this game. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Everyone, welcome to... <laughs> I don't know what you're signing me up here for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Is this revenge yeah. because I'm going to get you near Black Widow Spider? Oh, dude. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, that's my that's my true fear. Uh, uh, is arachnophobia a type of fear for someone? Yeah. Yes. Man. It's not a kink. It's not a kink. Oh, good. Not a kink. Not a kink. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, good. Oh, yeah, we're doing we're doing fear of spiders. Are you? And. Uh, and this expert is bringing in a black no. widow, but we're not gonna. And Daniel's very arachnophobic, mm, yes. um, so we're we're gonna do some uh, uh, immersion therapy. <laughs> oh um, my god! But I promised Daniel that he's not gonna have to touch or get the the black widow widow on him mm, at all. Yes, uh, I probably would be okay with getting whipped versus holding a spider. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes. There I we went go. over to this. Sorry, this is like a weird mm-hmm. story. Um, but I went over to this guy's house once. It was my first time going over there, and I'm like looking at his bookshelf, and I look up, and there's a terrarium with a tarantula the size of my fist inside, oh. and I like lose my shit because I'm very arachnophobic. Oh. Come on back for that episode. Crying, <laughs> yeah. I'm, like, crying. Oh. Then oh. he's like, um, he's like, oh, you met so and so. He's like, that's the little one. And I was oh. like, it's the big one. So he took me into his room and he's got one and it's like it's so massive it's like the size of my face right next to his pillows and then I turn around and he's got five dead ones in frames (laughs) it was the nicest guy though if anyone's into spiders he's a sweet yeah that's sweet see I wonder if he's our expert guest who's coming up you should get him though because he could bring in bring in a spider Uh, well well yeah Uh, I think we'll we'll wrap it up there Um, yes I'd like to thank both of you for being on the show. This has been a great discussion. Uh, Thanks for having Yeah. Now, uh, where can people find out more information about you and what you do here in Vancouver? Go ahead. Sure. <laughs> um, you can go to www.thedirtybettyshow.com or, or just creep me on Instagram, Claire Marie Pollock, uh, or just look up Dirty Betty. You'll find me. Awesome. Yeah, thank you. Uh, for Metro Vancouver Kink, it's uh, www.metrovancouverkink.com. And then my personal website is uh, www.sarahblaze.com. 
Excellent. And as always, you know, uh, uh, we here on Fear of Science, we're so grateful to have uh, special guests and experts come in and really educate us. And I feel a lot more educated to like right now than I was 45 minutes ago. And yeah. yet, also confused, which is also great, I believe. So, <laughs> Sometimes I yeah. feel like the show is just us learning things. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's what that's what we strive to do here on Fair of Science. We strive to uh, help everyone learn and have some fun at the same time. We will be back very soon with another brand new episode. Stay tuned for Fear of Kink on all of your podcast players and our social media. Uh, we will get it up as soon as possible. But until the next time we chat with you, I'm Daniel. I'm Jeff. We're Fair Science, and we'll talk with you again soon. Thank you.